0: I'm guessing that nobody wants to be around when a terrorist attack takes place. So why would someone lie about being when a bomb goes off? came across a fascinating story in the New York Times just a few minutes ago. This is uh, April the 22nd, or Happy Earth Day. And it's about a, a terrorist attack that took place in New York City in December of 2017 by a man named Akayed Ullah, who lived in Brooklyn. He uh, created a bomb. This would be a suicide attack against the New York metro. He went to the metro early in the morning and detonated the bomb. This is during rush hour. And to quote the New York Times article, authorities have said nothing short of a, it was nothing short of a miracle that the, 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 the Mr. Ullah, who was an immigrant from Bangladesh, did not kill anyone. The makeshift bomb malfunctioned, seriously injuring him and sending shrapnel into the leg of a nearby, nearby pedestrian. Two bystanders partly lost their hearing that day and others were traumatized uh, and suffered lasting emotional damage. Well, uh, yesterday, sorry, today, April 22nd, he was sentenced to life in prison by a New York judge. Why am I bringing this up? I was in New York City on the day of that attack in 2017. I was attending a conference uh, in the Big Apple, and I was only a few blocks away from the attack when it took place. I wasn't in the metro, but I found it kind of interesting that somebody who worked in counterterrorism as long as I did was actually present in a city when an attack took place. Now, I was um, present for, or almost present when another much larger attack took place. This was in November of 2015 in Paris, France, the so-called Bataclan attacks. So you may recall that this was a a catastrophic act of terrorism carried out by those that were affiliated with Islamic State at the Stade de France and at the Bataclan theater. Uh, Well over a hundred were killed. I'm sure several hundred were wounded. It was really France's 9-11, I don't like that term, but it seems to have referred to catastrophic acts of terrorism. I was in Paris that day, but had left the country, I had flown out from Orly Airport, or Charles de Gaulle, I guess it's called now, uh, before the attack took place. I flew out in the, around noon on, the, on, the, on that day in, in November of 2015, and the attack took place during at the evening. So again, kind of there, but not, not really there. Why am I bringing this up? It's because I came across a really interesting program that uh, I've watched a fair bit of. It's called Criminal. It's on Netflix. And it's an interesting premise that at first blush sounds kind of boring, but it really, really works well. This is a series which uh, has uh, episodes uh, in English, in German, in Spanish, and in French, which consists of an interview that is done in a police room. You've all seen pictures of this. It's usually a, a very spare room with a table, a couple chairs. You have a couple of police officers on one side. You have the a suspect and or witness or whatever on the other side, sometimes accompanied by a lawyer. And then there's this big mirror in the room. And of course it's a one way mirror because the other cops are listening to the conversation on the other side of that that particular glass partition. sounds kind of boring, right? But the way that the producers have done this is it's riveting to see the strategy used by law enforcement to figure out who's lying and who's not lying and to trap people into essentially admitting their guilt uh, so I highly recommend you watch it. Again, it's on Netflix. This one I want to talk about, though, was part of the French series, also called Criminal, or I guess Criminal. And it, uh, it was entitled Émilie. It uh, aired in 2019. You can find it on Netflix. And it's the story of a young woman who has been brought in by law enforcement to recount her experiences at the Bataclan terrorist attack in 2015. And I don't want to spoil the plot for you. You really should watch it. Essentially, she says that she was there on the day and that she therefore got compensation, which if memory serves me correct, was like 28,000 euros. That's like 40,000 Canadian uh, for having suffered in a terrorist attack. Money paid out by the French government. Long story short is that her story is a little bit inconsistent. And the bottom line is is that she essentially made up the fact that she was there when the attack took place, when the ISIS guys showed up with their automatic weapons. Liar! Which kind of made me wonder about this as a phenomenon. So I'm guessing most of you, most of you who listen to me, the last thing you want is to be present during a terrorist attack. You don't want to be obviously one of the dead. You don't want to be one of the wounded or one of the traumatized. As that New York Times article mentioned about the Ula attack in 2017 in in New York City, dozens were traumatized by having been present when when a lousy suicide bomb went off. They'll probably never be the same people again. You would think that most people would do their utmost to not be where terrorism takes place, which in actual fact probably affects people's decision making. Maybe they wouldn't travel to certain places. I certainly saw, uh, you know, in the wake of 9-11, all kinds of people saying, well, I can't travel to the States anymore, or I can't travel to Paris after the Bataclan attacks, or I can't travel to Madrid after the metro attacks in 2004. In we have this fear of terrorism, and it's a well-founded fear. Nobody wants to get killed or injured. So why in heaven's name would somebody invent being where they're not? Now, we could say they did it for the money. Uh, you know, So it's pure greed. Uh, in this case, it's a little more, more of a twisted plot, which again, I'm not going to spoil the end for you in case you want to watch it. But isn't it a curious phenomenon that there are those who say they did things when they didn't? There's an analogous I guess, phenomenon where police have to deal with individuals who claim to be serial killers, who claim to have committed horrific crimes. Liar! Is it a psychological issue? Are these people simply seeking attention? Do they want to become more important than they really are? Are their lives really boring? And this is their one chance of the, you know for their Andy Warhol 15 minutes of fame? I don't know. I, I find it really really curious that in this case, um, this woman would lie about uh, where she was and, and what happened to her. And in some ways, this might be you know this whole post 9/11 terrorism on the brain thing that we have. As I've said on many occasions, terrorism was a blip on the radar, if that prior to 9-11. Not to say that it didn't exist, it certainly did. And you, you can you know, look at my recent book, The Peaceable Kingdom, looks at terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the present. So from 1867 to the present day, we've had all kinds of terrorism, but it's pretty, you know, hit and miss. It's pretty sporadic. doesn't happen on a regular basis, at least not in, in most Western countries. And yet we've had this obsession with terrorism since 9-11, since those catastrophic attacks in which 3,000 people died. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a doctor, not a decorator. But I'm wondering if this constant coverage of terrorism that we've been inundated with for the past 20 years has affected the way people not just view terrorism, but view the threat of terrorism. And in some cases, people want to be part of this new thing, this wave, this trend. Am I making too much of a, of a thing here? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd love for if those of you with psychological backgrounds to maybe weigh in on this. But I just found this, it was fascinating to see this episode and how the law enforcement officers determined through really good, you know, legwork. Basically, they they beat the pavement uh, and found out that, you know, this woman's story was in fact embellished. So I highly recommend you watch this this episode of, of Criminal, again from 2019 on Netflix. And I'm going to keep an eye out for this in the future. For people who talk about terrorism from an experiential perspective, And their stories may not be quite as accurate as they maintain. What I told you was true from a certain point of view. Anyhow, that was my view on this particular episode. And again, it did bring back memories of me being in New York in 2017. But I'm not going to embellish my story. I was nowhere near the metro station when that thing took place. I don't feel traumatized by it. It's just it's not really part of my life. So what do you think about these kinds of things? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at Borealis Saves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like the content, want to get more, go to my website, com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get a free daily digest of all the information, all the quick hits, the longer Canadian Intelligence A podcasts, the blogs, Today in Terrorism, et cetera, et cetera you can also find a link there for my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom. It's only $25 Canadian plus shipping and handling. I'd love for you to obtain a copy. It's self-published. You can't get it in a bookstores or, or off Amazon. And it's a story of terrorism in Canada throughout its history as seen through the eyes and ears of the women and men who actually worked in counterterrorism. This is not an academic book. This is a book about people who worked at the coalface in counterterrorism over the past 50 years. I'd love to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. But before I leave you, of course, I always leave you with a Hardy Boys um, bit of wisdom from the Hardy Boys Guide to Life. And this one says, very opt for, for, for for those who are looking at a career in security intelligence. So let me get my glasses on here. So often when a young man joins a group of hoodlums or racketeers, he's blackmailed for the rest of his life, even though he tries to go straight. The best way to avoid such a situation is never to get into it. Sage advice for those of you seeking to become intelligence officers or analysts, joining the Hells Angels or Al-Qaeda or ISIS or Atomwafen is rarely a good idea. So don't do it. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.